I may be a little biased on today's topic. I'm Merritt, and for more than 20 years, not only have I been a coach for high-performing sales professionals and business leaders, I have also never been without my own coach. In today's episode of The Smarter Sales Show, we're going to demystify sales coaching, and you'll learn secret techniques of master sales coaches, as well as how tech can help you zero in on specific areas coaching will most benefit you. You are listening to The Smarter Sales Show, where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique, so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merritt Kahn and Julie Holmes. I'm Julie Holmes, and sales enablement makes me happy because I loved helping sales. I do this through technology solutions and innovative thinking for sales journeys that I've developed over the past 20 years. And I'm Merit Khan. I'm the sales technique guru of the team. I love working with entrepreneurs, business professionals, sales teams, professionals that would never even a million years consider themselves salespeople, but they're really good at what they do and they need to be that good, if not even better, at selling so that their competition isn't getting the business they deserve. Mm. Oh, there's so many people like that. You can, I'm just <laughs> raising my hand right now, Merit. That's I can't me. help all of them, but the lucky ones get me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're lucky because you're listening to this podcast. I have a ton of reasons why I think this is a really important episode. But one of the biggest ones is that it's really hard to read the label when you're inside the jar. Mm, that's a, just a yes. great old phrase that I I really kind of try to remind myself of all the time, because whether we're talking about sales like we are today, or really any other part of your professional acumen, or even personally, it's just, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in the way the world looks from our chair, that we just forget to have a look around us and to see the world from a different perspective, or to even see our own behavior and own strategies from a different perspective. And you know what, what's funny is actually the best example of this and coaching can be one minute of genius that you share with someone, or it could be an actual program that spans months or years of dedicated and specific coaching protocols. One of the products that I built, which is called Hey Mike, came about through coaching. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I was working with a buddy of mine and who was basically like a mastermind buddy of mine. And one day he saw something I was using, a little microphone that I'd hacked up. And I had been using this hacked up, duct taped, super glued microphone for probably a year and a half, if not two years for my own use. And he took one look at it and said, I want one of those. Where can I buy it? And I said, I don't know. I guess I could make you one. Interesting. I didn't know that story. And he said, why don't you sell it? And until that exact moment in time, it had never occurred to me to sell it. Well, that's a great example of the value of coaching because a coach is going to see something that might be right in front of you the whole time and invisible to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I often think of it more in terms of information and ideas and solutions and things like that. But that's a great example, even with the product, like there was a product, you used it and you didn't see the value that it could provide for other people. And I think that's what a good coach provides to you is 
that alternate view that you would miss. And I think that that is why this particular topic is so technique-based. I do have a couple apps that I'll share at the end and a couple of ways that tech can kind of contribute to this process. But truly, in my mind, this is a really heavy-duty technique thing. Anything that you can share with us, Merit, because I do work with sales professionals and you do, and you've been doing this sales coaching for I don't want to make you feel old, but you've been doing it (laughs) for a while. Like you've been around this sales coaching block a few times. Yes, I have. (laughs) Do tell, do tell, please help us to be better sales coaches and to be better at being coached. Yeah. Well, I'm a little biased on this topic. I have been a sales coach since 1998. Even before that, I was a sales manager for a radio station in Chicago, and I was the youngest general sales manager at the time, and I did that for a couple of years. And you were like 12, right? 12 at the time? I was 12. Yes, 12. 12 and a half. You know, I don't want to exaggerate. (laughs) (laughs) But, and in that role, I was you know, coaching my sales team, hiring a sales force, the whole bit. I think that there's a couple of, well, there's three techniques that I want to share on this call. And the first one is really the simplest, which is really thinking about getting the right coach for the right application. For example, if you were a basketball player and you wanted to improve your game, there's multiple aspects of the game that you could work on. But you would specifically want a coach who had techniques and strategy for that. Well, I don't know about the tech. Maybe, yeah, I'm sure there's tech involved in getting a better free throw shot. But if that was the aspect of the game you were really looking to improve on, you would want a coach who has experience and strategies and talent in that specific part of the game. So I think getting the right coach for the right application is job number one. Now, all top performers in any domain have a coach and many have multiple coaches. So in my world, over the course of my lifetime, I've also had many coaches. I've had personal trainers. I've had financial advisors. I've had business strategists. I've had my own sales coaches, sales managers, management coach. I've gone to classes. You are my personal tech coach, (laughs) right? So I have multiple coaches. I've never in my professional life been without a coach of some sort at some point mm-hmm. or at, at every point. And I think I learned that early on. If I think back to one of the premier business gurus of our time or, or not our time, before our time, if you think back to Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now yep. I'm like really going back to the classics, but I actually reread this book probably once every couple of years. And it's what I've been reading now. So it's on my mind. And one of the things he talks about is having a mastermind. Well, that's a form of coaching, right? Yep. Because what a mastermind allows for you to do is to see things from alternative perspectives, the questions that your mastermind group will ask, the questions that your coach will ask should be questions that open up your ideas or create new possibilities that you may not have seen before. Mm -hmm. So technique number one is get the right coach for the right application. Let me ask a question on that. So one of the challenges that I've had, because like you, I've had multiple coaches. One of the challenges I've had is what do you do or how do you handle it when you've got different information or different feedback coming from different coaches? 
Yeah. I think you need to be very deliberate about the type of information that you're getting from a particular coach. You have to be very specific with that coach, what you're looking to accomplish in that coaching relationship. Some people, unfortunately, there are a lot of people that put you know, coach on the shingle outside their Mm. office and all of a sudden declare themselves a coach. That's not how this works. There's a professional way of coaching. There are skills and strategies that a good coach will understand. And it actually leads into technique number two, which is what I call prescriptive coaching. So in a fast-paced competitive business environment, You really don't have the luxury of time for a coach to ask you all the questions like, you know, well, what do you think about about sales? Right. Is (laughs) that like there's therapy, right? And then there's coaching. (laughs) So I'm not, I'm not a sales therapist, although people have, I think think we need to reconsider your business card. (laughs) I think there's a ton of like a sales comedian, therapist (laughs) and coach. That's interesting. I'll I'll take that up with my coach. (laughs) (laughs) I see this was not one of the things you were expecting from me as your Well, you know, I I never know what I'm going to get from you, Julie. That's why I love doing these podcasts with you. So what I do, my brand of coaching, what I have, and somebody, uh, one of my clients many years ago has said this to me is, you know, you're really like a prescriptive coach. And I loved that term because what he meant by that was I'm prescribing the solution. Like, here's what to say in this situation. And then I'm giving him the strategy and the philosophy and the theory about why that works. But in the real world, things are happening very fast. And we don't have the luxury of time of trying to figure this out on our own. So what we really need is kind of that combo coach trainer in many cases, especially in sales. So my clients come to me like, here's the situation. What do I say? And so I'm going to give them, that's prescriptive coaching. I'm going to give them the answer. But I want to wean them off of me eventually. Right. I think a good coach is not, I want you to outgrow me. I want you to get my lessons, get it so much deep in your bones that you don't remember how you had a sales call any other way. And then you don't need me anymore. And then you can go on to the other kinds of coaches that would be give you that more well-rounded perspective beyond the expertise that I can provide. And I want that for my clients. I want them to outgrow me. Right. And so prescriptive coaching is, you know, first I'm going to help you know exactly what to do. And then after you've brought me those kinds of same situations, I'm going to say, well, before I tell you what I would do, tell me what's your strategy? What are you going to do? And once I hear that they got it, that they got the coaching from previous sessions, now I know, okay, great, let's move on because you got it. There's nothing more I have to add. You now know it. So that's technique number two, prescriptive coaching. A great thing about that, Merit, is that what you're really doing as a professional coach, because I think there's a good distinction there too, right? You're a professional coach. People hire you, organizations hire you often- and I don't want to sound jealous, but they hire you often to come in and coach their entire teams. And that's a combination of yeah. group coaching and one-to-one coaching. But what's great about that is your fundamental strategy is not to stay there and coach them forever. Right. So yeah, no, that's a great- There's lots of me to go around. I got to get to, onto the next one. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> you're like Mary Poppins for sales. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, I need an umbrella. I need an umbrella. But you did just get a cool pair of boots. I do have a cool boot wardrobe. <laughs> Thank you. 
There's one more technique I want to share. And actually, this goes into the dovetails nicely with what you were just sharing, because yes, organizations bring me in to coach their team. And a lot of times I'm working with the sales leaders, the sales management, and I'm teaching them how to coach their teams, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get to work one-on-one with the sales teams individually. In a recent project that I was working on, I was working with the sales leaders And what they really needed was some very specific language around how to have their weekly meetings to when their sales team individually met with the managers to say, here's where we're at with this project and the sales prospect, and here's what my next step is. And so this technique is what I call commend and recommend. So commend and recommend is where in my role as manager or coach, I might teach or trainer, I might teach my salesperson to ask a series of questions or like in one of our previous episodes, mm-hmm. I went over the pain questions. Right. So we might do a role play in which case, by the way, I never call it role play anymore. I always call it practice because it has less of a stigma to it. Like mm. if you say to salespeople, oh, we're going to role play and they're like, oh, the eyes roll. And I just go, <laughs> okay, we're just going to practice this one thing. And they're like, oh, okay, practice. Oh, yeah, good. Power <laughs> so, of language. Mm-hmm. Yes. Power of language. Now here's the deal. The manager always goes first. When I teach a manager how to practice with their salesperson a new technique that they've learned, I want the manager to play the part of the salesperson and that salesperson that they're practicing with plays the part of the prospect. Okay. That takes the defense wall down. It makes the salesperson calm down just a little bit. And then when you switch and the salesperson is doing that practice... At the end of that practice session, rather than the manager jumping in and saying, or the coach jumping in and saying, let me tell you what you did right and what you did wrong. First, you ask that person. Often we will be much more critical of ourselves than anyone else will be. Mm -hmm. So if you and I were practicing and I would say, okay, Julie, before I tell you what I heard in that practice session, tell me, what do you commend and recommend? What do you think you did really well in that practice session? And where do you think you could make an improvement? And oftentimes you'll find exactly those same things that I might have noticed as your coach. Ideally, I'm trained to see deeper things, right? Than what you'll notice on your own. But that's a great coaching strategy so that we begin to coach ourselves. And I would say to any of the entrepreneurs listening or people who don't have the benefit of having a a sales manager back at the office who could serve in this coaching role, make sure you have that person to debrief with, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to be able to pick up the phone and call your coach or make a recording that you could send to your coach that then you can download and and have a dialogue about to say, you know, I just got out of the sales call. Here's what happened. This is what I think I did really well. And this is where I think I need to make an improvement. And it's really so that you can hear yourself. Okay. Give yourself that coaching. When you give yourself a chance to debrief that, that experience, and there's so many rich lessons there. And maybe as the person who is their supervisor or who is the other side of that equation, they will also hear them say something that they don't necessarily agree with. People can be really hard on themselves. They can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, and I have heard people do that. And I would say, actually, I think you're being a little hard on yourself. 
are you open to it if I compliment you on that exact thing? Oh, look, you can uh, use are you open to it in another way. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere, Julie. But, you know, are you open to it if I compliment you on that? I noticed that I thought you made a real improvement over the last time we had that discussion about that same exact technique or topic. And here's what I liked about what I heard. And here's where I think you could take it a little deeper, which is why you resonated with you as something that you still want to work on. But, you know, recognize and don't be afraid to acknowledge the improvement that people had. I think one of the best things that, when I'm, you know, my clients often say to me, like, they really appreciate that I can see their progress in a way that they don't see it, mm-hmm. right? I see those little micro movements forward that's often get missed by them. So I could probably go on and on and on. Like I said, I'm really biased on this topic, but I am interested in the tech and the tools and the things that can help people zero in on what they need coaching on. So what can you teach me? (laughs) I'm happy to talk a little bit about tech. I want to add one more technique that I think dovetails nicely with the point number three that you made. And this is actually a technique that I learned from a parenting book. And I know that sounds terrifying, (laughs) but if you do happen to have kids, the best parenting book ever that I've ever, ever read was actually a parenting book called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. Now, it might be too late for me. My kid is 16. (laughs) Ah, But there is a version which is called How to Talk So Teens Will Listen and (gasps) Listen So Teens Will Talk. (laughs) Okay, I'm getting that right now. Stop the tape. (laughs) What I thought was so interesting in that book, and it doesn't sound like it would feed through to the rest of everything. But that book actually changed fundamentally several ways in which I communicate with people. And one of them was about specificity. The idea that whenever you are giving feedback on anything, it's to be as specific as possible. Mm. So don't just say, oh, you did a really good job on that call. Or don't just say to your 10-year-old daughter, and my kids are 16 now, but they're still alive. So I feel like I've done okay. <laughs> yeah. And they're still talking to me, both of them. And I have daughters. So, you know, that's touch and go. And uh, yeah, so don't just say, you know, like, oh, you did a good job with dinner. Instead, it's, wow, I really love that you actually set the table and really thought about how the food was going to look on the plate. That's so impressive. Like the ah, more specific great. you can be, the better. That's just a book I'll recommend. Um, You'd be surprised how that book applies across the board. Okay, so let's talk tech. I got distracted there. Let's talk tech. (laughs) Here's the thing that I would say, and this is, again, kind of an honoring what I was just talking about, is the biggest strategy around tech is to get the details. Technology is here to help you do two things when it comes to coaching. The first thing they can help you do is to capture information. And the second thing it can help you to do is it can help you to scale that information and to aggregate that information. Not only so that you can provide better feedback one-on-one, but also so that you can provide almost globalized coaching. So that enables you to look at an entire sales team and say, look, as a team, here's where we're getting the most success or here's where we're struggling. And here's where our biggest opportunities as a team is to improve. I think that's the two things that tech really enables when it comes to coaching. Here's my big caution when it comes to tech. The pain that your teams are experiencing or that you're experiencing can be quantified, right? We want to make sure that we are seeing exactly reality. We were just saying, Merit, that perception is not always reality. Right. Yeah. Right. So when people are saying things like, I'm just not seeming to get the follow-up calls that I want. Okay. Is that true? 
Are you not getting as many follow-up calls as everybody else? Are you getting more? Are you getting less compared to what? There's a lot when we look at numbers and we look at analysis, there's a lot of benefit in getting perspective on those numbers. Yeah, that's definitely out there is to make sure that you've got perspectives. Okay, so first and foremost, as a coach, and I know this is a tool that you use, and it's a tool that I use, and that's to use assessments and strength finding tools. And those kinds of assessments, whether we're talking about emotional intelligence, which is something, Merit, you are an absolute genius at, is when we start talking about (laughs) emotional intelligence. And then I really do a lot of work when it comes to looking at things like where are people's strengths at? And when it comes to teams, about leveraging assessment tools to look at your team and see where are their gaps on your team in terms of strengths? Mm. Not necessarily in terms of weaknesses, but really, what is it that you're best at? And whatever you're best at, what is it that we can do to help you spend more time doing what you're best at? And then try to build a team where everybody is best at different parts. So that that you've got this amazing team that is cohesive. It's why my marriage works. Because (laughs) I am best at outdoor, you know, out of this world thinking and crazy ideas. And my husband is best at making sure we have money in the bank account. He's best at making sure that I keep two feet on the ground while I reach for the stars. So make sure that you've got a balance with assessments. That explains a lot about why my marriage didn't work. (laughs) I was best at a lot of things. He was only best at, well, well I'm going to leave it at that. He had a few good qualities, but um, they were so far and few between. <laughs> he was best at complimenting himself. Let's Maybe what that. you needed was some of these coaching tools that I'll recommend. Oh, oh only. so good. Nice segue, right? Okay. First of all, let's get really specific. There's a lot of tools that we can use and artificial intelligence has just exponentially improved our ability to coach at scale and to do analysis at scale. Because historically, you couldn't analyze conversations, not Mm. at scale. I mean, I can remember actually, uh, you know, when I was teaching public speaking years ago, I was teaching public speaking at a university and we would literally sit down and count ums and ohs with little tally marks on a piece of paper. And that's awful. First of all, Uh. it's awful for everybody. But then let's take that to what it means for sales. So now there are all kinds of great technology and tools out there where I can record sales conversations and analyze them. Mm. And I can analyze them at scale. I can analyze the language that's being used. I can analyze the tone of the call. The system can listen to the words and the cadence and the speed. And if you combine that with your sales analytics, now it can tell you these are the questions that actually generate the best results. Say this, use this tune, use this tone, use this speed of voice. Make sure you use this word. They can listen to the words of a prospect. And in real time, you can be getting feedback saying, you know, they have concerns about price purely from that analysis of their language. And that's what AI does. And it can do it on calls, but of course it can do it on social media too. Wow. Right. Looking at the tone of social media. And it's amazing when you think about what those implications are. Tools like SalesLoft and Dialogue Tech are two really good tools that you can look at if you're looking to do AI sales call analysis. Hmm. Okay. Then if you're really going to be doing some serious coaching, check out some great coaching tools. 
coaching tools that help you to kind of manage the process and to have a place to capture feedback and to really keep things on track. Because one of the challenges is that a lot of times when we have coaching, and I've experienced this as well, somebody will say, here's the things I want you to work on. I go away and work on them and I come back and they don't even remember that that's what they told me to work on. Right. Yeah, Now, exactly. these are really when we're talking about internal coaching more. And this isn't the kind of thing that tends to happen with professional coaches. But when you have a boss at work and they're giving you feedback because it's time for your annual review, they're going to just list off a few things. They're busy. They've got other things going on. So tools like Coaching Loft and Nudge Track allow you to really keep track of here's the things that I've asked you to do. Let's measure and monitor your progress toward these goals. And then that gives you this great frame of reference that everybody can log into at the same time and see what was I supposed to be working on? How has my progress been on this? What things have I committed to doing or trying? There's tons of benefits for that. And as a coach, that's a really great strategy to articulate, capture, and present that coaching program effectively to the people who need it. Wow. God, I wish I had that years ago just to keep track of everybody. But also I think that gives people even some more personal accountability in their own coaching, right? So there's one thing to be coachable, but there's it's something else to use a tool like that from the manager or the coach perspective, but also for yourself to see your own trends and to take responsibility for making those tweaks to your own performance so that you can measure and track your own coaching. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, I think some of the things that we've covered on this particular episode that I found really valuable is you know, I never really thought about being more specific with my coaches about what it is that I'm expecting from each one. I've always said, oh, I'm just trying to be open minded. But you're right that every one of the coaches that I've ever worked with, I've gone to them for a particular reason. And I should respect that that's their area of expertise. That doesn't mean that I shouldn't give them the opportunity to share more than that, but that I should really honor and really challenge them to provide that expertise to me and be specific about what I'm asking. Because tell me how to be better is too vague. And if I'm going to say that I should be specific in my feedback, I would maybe take my own advice and say I need to be more specific in asking for feedback. I think that's great. And then when you, you know, when I think about how to add that to one of the tools that you talked about, that way I know and my coach knows the very specific outcomes that I'm trying to work on. And then I know when I've outgrown that coach. Then I know when it's time oh, to move on to that next piece. That's a great point. I can think of a client that recently hired me for coaching. They wanted to be a little bit more assertive in their approach, not aggressive, but assertive. We talked about very specifically about what it would look like if they were to accomplish that. And so then we were able to look at here's what to say and a way of being and mindsets and all these different things. But because we were very specific on the outcome, it was easy to know what to do, but it was also easy to know once we would achieve it. And then coaching agreement complete, move on. Right. Or maybe it's even like, now we want to work on something else. Oh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. Yeah, an, an infinite pool of information and knowledge. Exactly. Maybe here's the great challenge for everyone who's listening right now. What is one thing that you could do to be more coachable this week? What mm. is one thing you could do to be more coachable? And on the flip side, what is one strategy 
that you've taken from this episode or that this episode has inspired you to think of that you can be a better coach. So just one on both sides, be more coachable and be a better coach. I love that. That's a great challenge. And we would love to hear what are some of the results that you get from taking on that challenge. You could definitely email your sales questions and let us know how that's gone for you. Our email is hello at the smarter sales show.com. And, uh, you know, while you're at it and you're coaching yourself, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Let us know what you would rate it. Give us a little review. We would love it if you shared this information. Share it with the people who coach you. Share it with the people that you would like to coach. That would be helpful for them as well. Yeah. I mean, consider that your first act as an official coach is coaching them to expand their knowledge and expertise by listening to The Smarter Sales Show. And don't forget, of course, that you can work with us individually or as a couple and as a duo. (laughs) But really what we love to do is we love to work with organizations and with individuals who want to be smarter at selling. They want to be the best that they can possibly be, and they want their teams to be the best that they can possibly be. And sometimes that is because times have changed and challenges have changed. Like we're getting more calls and having more conversations around virtual selling, virtual selling more now than we ever have in the past. So maybe you have a team that is being challenged to sell virtually, to have more sales conversations remotely, maybe on Zoom or some other platform, or even just by phone. And you want to make sure that they can do that to the best of their ability. That's when people will typically call Merit and I. Yes, yes, because it's not just about the technique. What do I say on the call? It's how do you use the tech to analyze the results, set it up, and follow up afterwards, and yeah, uh, and be the, interactive the, on all those Zoom calls. Ooh, we love us some <laughs> Zoom calls right now, don't we? Absolutely. So check out our show notes for links and quotes in today's episodes, and stay tuned for a couple bloopers. All right, I'm Merit. I'm Julie, and this has been the Smarter Sales Show. Sell more, stress less. See you next week. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to the Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at thesmartersalesshow.com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com. It's just nearly impossible to see the contents of the jar through. That made no sense. Let me just go start that whole section over again. Back it up. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.